and God's peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our first reading uh, from Titus chapter 3. Let us pray. O God, you have blessed us and you have washed us in the waters of baptism. Give us the opportunity to share that joy with others that they too may be claimed by you. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. There is the story of the famous atheist uh, several decades ago now that he would go from town to town to speak about how the Bible and Christianity were just a hoax. One day he led a large audience and listening to him, and as he told the people that Lazarus uh, being raised from the dead was, was just a, a trick performed by Jesus to uh, make him more popular. And, uh, and to clinch that point, he said, well, can anyone tell me now why Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth? At that point, an old Christian got off his seat in the back row and shouted out, saying, yes, because if he had not said Lazarus, the whole graveyard in Bethany would have come out to see him. A man truly believed in the power of God to raise the dead. Now, we're thousands of years past that point. Jesus has ascended uh, from this earth centuries ago. Apostles are dead and gone. Miracles like a person being raised from the dead just don't happen anymore. Or do they? I did a little research this week, and uh, for the last six years, from 2012 to 2017, <clears throat> we averaged about 28 baptisms each year, some more, some less. Last weekend, we had our 19th baptism for 2018. We've all seen them before. Many of us have been baptized ourselves. Our theme this year, Jesus tells us to go and to baptize. <coughs> now, if you are on the outside looking in, what exactly is happening in baptism? <coughs> now, there's some debate in Christian churches, after all, is it just an old church tradition? A little quaint ceremony passed down by our forefathers whereby we just welcome a little child into the church family? Is that it? No, it is much, much more than that. The word of God before us today from Titus tells us what baptism really is. So as we consider this direction of our Savior to therefore go into this weekend to baptize... It's fitting for us to look to God's word and see that baptism is indeed a miracle. It re that's really the only word for it, a miracle. As surely as it was for a miracle for Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead, you know, so also every baptism is a miracle of God acting upon a human being to raise them up from spiritual death to life. And so let's ponder this miracle that God places upon us. First, we see that God is the one doing all the work. In our reading today, the Apostle Paul was inspired to write these words to a young colleague by the name of Titus, a pastor on the island of Crete. And he was in a challenging situation because the Christians in his flock had trouble putting their faith into action, showing their, their faith with their behavior. So Paul encourages Pastor Titus to implore his flock to live in a peaceable way, not slandering one another, but to be considerate and humble toward one another. In fact, Paul says this should be really easy for them to be humble when they really consider where their hearts once were. Our first, <clears throat> first verse uh, from our reading 
he reminded them, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Now that's not a pretty picture, is it? But it's an accurate description of the human heart when sin is its Lord. And that's the way our hearts were before God acted upon them, before God turned them around, before God converted those hearts into, uh, that love and believe in him alone. When the Lord turns a heart from unbelief to faith, it's a miracle of raising the dead to life. The Bible calls us spiritually dead by nature. <clears throat> That's the way that we come into this world. And so we need a miracle. A miracle to bring us into spiritual life. To bring us to hope and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior from sin. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit work that miracle within us. In our reading, Paul tells us that God the Father has had compassion on our hopeless condition. He sent his Son to give us our salvation, and the work of the Spirit brings us to faith in Jesus. But where does baptism come in? How does baptism fit into this miracle of God converting us? In verse 5, Paul says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. The Bible defines baptism as the application of water. Water that's connected to God's word of promise. And right here we're told the Spirit comes into the hearts to work faith through the washing and pouring out. Words referring to the act of baptism. Jesus told us to make disciples by baptizing. So baptism is that simple act of applying water. Connected with God's word of promise, it is one of the means by which God has chosen to bring that human heart to faith in Jesus. When we see a baptism taking place at the beginning of one of our services, it's far more than just some old church tradition, right? I mean, in the waters of baptism, it is the power of God at work. That is a miracle. At God's command, parents bring their children to be baptized, an older adult or or adult, uh, older child, uh, see what God has done in their lives. And by God's power, rebirth into Christ, working of Jesus, uh, working of faith in Jesus takes place. Don't be fooled by the simplicity of the scene. Some people are asking, how can just simple water do such a great miracle? But remember, it's not water doing the miracle. It's not the magical quality of the water. It's certainly not the righteousness of the pastor. It's not the specialness of the child that make baptism a miracle. What makes baptism a miracle is God. It's his working upon sinful human beings to turn our hearts toward Jesus. It's all his work. And the means that he has chosen to work this miracle is simple water connected to his almighty word and promise. Rather than despise the means that he has chosen, should we not rejoice that God allows us to really be a part of that miracle? Should we not rejoice that God has given us a command, that ability to apply that water to our loved ones and indeed to all the world? Should we not rejoice that God calls us to therefore go and to baptize? What a wonderful blessing God has placed this gift of baptism before us. It's the power by which he works the miracle of faith 
It is God at work, and what a work it is to raise a human heart from spiritual death to spiritual life, a life that clings to Jesus as Lord and Savior and King. But there's more. Paul uh, talks about some benefits of the miracles of baptism. We had some mentioned to us in the children's sermon. You know, the, the great thing about baptism is that certainly God does all the work, but even better, we as his baptized children, we get all the benefits. It's interesting to look at this after our consecrated stewards' emphasis. Because this is what stewardship is all about. To see how we are blessed and then to respond in faith and praise. Paul warned his readers, uh, wanted his readers to be aware of how they have been blessed and how that grace of God poured out upon them in baptism. And the natural response we see and recognize that blessing would be a life of saying thank you to God for all the benefits of his grace. <clears throat> Listen to the benefits that Paul mentions. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. He's not shy about saying these benefits come through this washing of rebirth and renewal, the Holy Spirit, this washing and baptism. And so let's take a look at these, uh, these benefits. The first one is justified. What does it mean to be justified before God? What's so great about it? Well, justified is really a, a legal term, a courtroom term. term. It happens when a person is on trial, <clears throat> they stand before the judge, and they're declared not guilty. Now, in our court system, a person brought to trial is supposed to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, and if found innocent on the basis of the evidence, declared innocent, right, by the judge. As we stand before God, though, it's, it's a little different. When we come before God's judgment seat on our own, we're not presumed innocent because we're not. The Bible says it very plainly, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And again, Paul says, there's no one righteous, not even one. So every one of us has <clears throat> committed those crimes against God. The uh, fact is, we don't need the Bible to read the Bible to tell us that, do we? We look at ourselves, we look at our lives, we look at the ways that we have fallen short of God's perfect standard. We realize that truth that we're sinners. And yet, as guilty criminals against God's holiness, we step into that courtroom and he says, not guilty. Why? Is it because of something that we have done? Something that we have said? No. Because God himself and his son, Jesus Christ, made that payment for our sins once and for all on the cross. Jesus canceled, that, uh, canceled them. He takes away the guilt. He covers it with his holiness. This not guilty verdict for you and me is, is now our personal possession when we believe what Jesus has done for us. That is ours. That is faith. The joy and assurance that comes as a result of Jesus' gift. That is faith, the benefit of baptism whereby we have been justified. Paul also says not only being justified, but he also says we're heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Now, an heir is a great benefit, isn't it? Being an heir or heiress is an exciting thing. We, we can read about it in, in, in news or we can read about it in books. People know they have this huge inheritance coming. They live in security, don't they? They know what is coming. 
they know that they've been taken care of. When God's Spirit works faith in our hearts through baptism, we have an inheritance far greater than anything we can read about in the papers or see on the Internet or on TV. Our inheritance is heaven. Our inheritance is eternity with Jesus, an eternity of absolute happiness, basking in the glory of our Savior. The inheritance is as sure as the Son of God who earned it for us. Justified before God, an heir of eternal life. These are the things that we hear today. We recognize them as blessings of our baptism. But do we really take them into our hearts and minds so that they affect the way that we think and feel and act? I pray that we do. You know, baptism happens once, but its benefits are every day. Every day we can know that we are God's children and live that way. Not giving in to worldly desires, but having the strength to do it God's way. Every day we can know that we have heaven, that we have eternity. That is our home. And share that good news with others. Not putting that, that bushel basket over our faith and shining it so that others may be led to Christ and be made disciples. Every day we can know that God has forgiven us, not holding those grudges, but having a heart to forgive one another just as we have been forgiven. Those are the benefits that we have through baptism every day. When a baby is baptized here at St. Paul's, uh, a lot of things are given as a gift of remembrance of that day. <clears throat> heard a, a few of them uh, in the children's sermon. There's that baptism candle. There's a little medallion uh, that we give that has a shell, a symbol of baptism on it, uh, and the baptism banner. In addition to those gifts, you also uh, uh, receive one of these, this baptism certificate. It is that permanent record of, of, uh, of that miracle that happened that day. Someday soon, why don't you go find yours, if you can, and take a look at it. This reminds us, represents a day when a miracle happened in your life. A miracle where God did all the work and you got all the benefits. God sends us to therefore go. Cherish that miracle of your baptism. Help others to know the blessings given in water connected to God's promise. Let's all honor the miracle of God's grace and mercy and grow in the faith that started on that day. May you rejoice in the gift of your baptism and may you share that joy so others may be washed in that baptism as well. May you go in that peace. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.